Well, good afternoon and welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community Church. <laughs> He's going to make me laugh. I've not done anything. <laughs> um, Yay, can you we, believe this? We are a global Methodist um, congregation. Um, whether you are coming um, to us from your lunch hour, if you're working out, whatever you are doing currently, we're so glad that you are here with us. Um, we encourage you to... Um, to ask us questions. If you hear things that we bring up and you have questions about different things, um, we would love for you to ask questions and we'd love to be able to respond to you during this time as well. Um, we also are joined by... D.A. Bennett, lead pastor here at St. Andrew's Community Church. I'm Bonnie Coates. I'm an associate pastor here at St. Andrew's. He's still laughing at me, y'all. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's I'm, the joy of his love and affection oh, yes, for you. Uh, I just go back to, oh, I won't even go there. <laughs> you, you might want to tell him who you are. <laughs> I'm Josh, the associate pastor as well. And uh, I just was reminded of, well, there was a time Bonnie made a phone call to the doctor about one of the kids getting medicine or something, and she said something in a funny way. She was leaving a message, and it got me laughing. We were in the car, and she lost it laughing so hard that she didn't even leave her name or number, and she had to hang up because she was crying on the phone in this message. And I'm sure that the doctor's office, when they got the message, just thought that they, oh, y'all got to listen to this. There were crazy people calling. And she called back a second time, and it happened a second time. So she started laughing again. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm I'm actually surprised that when she started laughing, she didn't lose it at the beginning there. It was pretty good. If she loses it, we'll just so cover. I'm Josh. Like I said, we're joined by Troy and Emmett and from uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I couldn't – so we're talking covenant renewal Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I looked at my 200 bobbleheads on the wall, trying to figure out what is a what represents covenant. I looked at my Jedi knights from Star Wars and thought, is there a Jedi covenant? I don't know. Um, and, and ultimately, I just decided, well, NFL playoffs starts this week, so let's go with Troy we're going with renewal, and, the, and the renewal of the Cowboys dynasty. There we go. <laughs> and then obviously. Jeff, the man behind the scenes, that if it weren't for him, none of this would happen. We because we don't know how to do any of this. I was gonna say so. Last week we missed Bonnie, and uh, she was nice to text us during the podcast. There is no sound coming through yeah, whatsoever. I, we had no idea. We went the whole like we went. I think forty five minutes last it week. It was fifty three. Okay, and we get off. And and then we I, that's when I learned oh so nobody heard anything they just yeah, sat there yeah. but thankfully Jeff was that able happens. to to post that state of the church address that we had last week so if uh, if you joined us last week live and you were like I can't hear anything um, that that new uh, post has now been placed it's, there. It's pinned on our Facebook. You page. can go to the top of our page and it's sitting there for you to to hear the state of address or church. It was a state of the church. Yeah, yeah. Stay, I can't speak. It was uh, on how faithful God has been here at St. Andrews the last year and, and our excitement for what's to come this year. Okay, so speaking of things to come, um, one of the things that we have talked about doing in the podcast is we would like to explore um, the idea that um, our, our church words that we use and, and throw around sometimes can kind of have their own language, um, that it can be something that we, we just assume people know, um, assume people who are, are 
you know, a part of the faith, just know these words. Um, and I was telling these guys that when I first became a Christian, you know, I was part of a nominally Christian household. We said we were Christian. We didn't really follow any of it. Um, but, um, one of the things that really surprised me was that there are these words that people just assume that, you know, Mm -hmm. like you come into a church and they're like talking about, here's the pew and here's the, the The baptismal font, the the baptismal font there, or, (laughs) um, my favorite was trials and tribulations. And so there's these like terms that get thrown around in the church. And if you've never even stepped in a church before, you may not know what those terms are. So what we want to do, or even if you have, even if you've grown up in the church, there's some things we throw around. Like, uh, Jeff shared a a, a great, I think, experience and example with us last week or Mm -hmm. two weeks ago when we were having this conversation. Jeff, you want to share uh, your experience kind of with what we're talking about with with the word grace? Sure, yeah. So one of the things I've always grown up in the church, uh, been a lifelong, you know, uh, uh, attendee of church, and when I heard the word grace, I mean, grace is grace. Uh, But then I get here in a Methodist church, uh, and there's uh, I, I learned that there's different types of grace. There's pervening grace. There's sanctification grace and things like that. So that was something new for me. Yeah. Yeah. Different expressions of grace. But uh, yeah, if, if you've if you've never heard those words thrown around, it's like, whoa, whoa what are we talking about? Yeah. And, it, you know, every group has that. I mean, if you get around, uh, a, my wife's an accountant, you get around a bunch of accountants, they have language that is peculiar to their thing or get around military people. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, sports fans. Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't watch football and, and you're sitting in a room with a bunch of football fans and they're talking about sack the quarterback and uh, and you know these things, you're like, what what does that mean? And yeah. So every hey, every running downhill <laughs> looks right. like a flat surface right. to yeah. me. Keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that Bonnie had the idea is we want to introduce. Each week, not not for the whole podcast, but yeah, just, just take a just segment, a segment and it, yeah. say, here's a word we use, what does it mean? And it will be much better if those of you who join us yeah. submit words or phrases that that we can address. And we don't want you guys to get embarrassed. You don't have to you know, comment on the podcast. But if you want to send us a message, um, a Facebook message, or if you want to send an email, you can send it to any of our emails um, or just send us a text if you have our numbers. Um, just reach out however you can and tell us about a word that you have either always wanted to know of or even if you have heard a word that just kind of gets thrown around in the church that you're like, maybe somebody doesn't know what that means. Um, because we want to welcome everybody within the church. And that's kind of one of those things that with when you have your own language as a church mm-hmm. um, and you have this culture that you're a part of, it's one way where you, when you step into a church that you can automatically feel like you're an outsider because mm-hmm. you just don't know those terms. And you're like, um, do I even belong here? Yeah. Um, but we want to make sure that everybody knows that so they do belong the, here. What's Saint the first Andrews. word that oh, we're tackling yes. today? Okay. Yes. So the first word mm-hmm. for today is alter. I know exactly what that means. I had a suit that I purchased several years ago, and uh, I've put on a few pounds since I bought that suit, and I took it to a, a great place in Norman and had it altered. So that's that what alter not, means, right? That is not the altar we're talking about, sir. Oh. We are talking about not the A-L-T-E-R altar, mm-hmm. but the A-L-T-A-R altar. All right. Yeah. Which, which is an important distinction mm-hmm. uh, because alter means to change the shape, the appearance of something, ER. Right, which I desperately needed for my suit. <laughs> AR, uh, 
it talks about something holy, something sacred. Now, I, I love this because um, we talk about you're invited to come to the altar. You know, yeah. we, we, we might say that at the end of the service. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things in more traditional architecture of churches, what you have is a table, the Lord's table that we use, and what's that called? The altar. The altar. And yet, when we invite people to come to the altar, that's not where we're inviting them to come. Right. We're inviting them to come and kneel in traditional architecture at the communion rail. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I love the idea. Wh- which one of these is the altar? I think, you know, common usage, either one. It, we have an altar call. Kids go to day spring. Kids go to disciple camp, elementary camp. An invitation is given, and it might be said, we invite you to come to the altar. They're not inviting you to the table unless they're celebrating communion, they're inviting you to this place well, where you can kneel and there's a rail. And, and in the Old Testament church, the altar is where the sacrifice took place right. for the atonement of sins. And that was where the animal was placed. And and so clearly that's not what we have in church and you know, the Christian church in 2024. And yet here's what excites me about this, because the idea of the altar existed before it was built as a table Mm -hmm. in the temple and what i've always told people is you know we give an altar call maybe a place to alter your life using the two different spellings to come and and pray and and have a moment of consecration of your life to god and yet prior to the temple being built when people experienced the presence of god someplace they they built an altar built an altar yeah and so you uh, see that Throughout Genesis, I mean, yeah. with, uh, with, was it Jacob? Jacob, when yeah. he had the dream of angels ascending up and down a, a stairway, a ladder, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, he built an altar in that place. So, okay, so just to kind of make sure I'm interpreting what you're saying, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying here. If you tell me like I'm a five year old, an altar is a fancy table at the front of your church. Mm-hmm. Sort of, right? No, I think a, a, a table that we believe is the Lord's table. That's oh, why if, table. If, if I go in the worship center and somebody's just set their coffee cup, I'm going to have a cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully I'm going to be nice. Literally. But, yeah, I mean, I'm full of bull. So, you know, it's, it's possible. Um, because that's, no, this this is supposed to be something sacred. Yeah, okay. Now, it it's... Not like we read about when they were moving the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem and what was the guy's name, Uzzah, or leaned out and, you know, thought the altar was going to fall and struck dead, you know, because he had made something common that was sacred. I don't think I'm going to kill anybody, but I I have asked people before, uh, if you want to set this down, would you set it somewhere else? Yeah. You know, whether it's a your notes or a book. You know, this this is a Lord's table. We try to keep this a sacred space. Yeah. Okay. So it is a defined sacred space that represents the Lord's table, maybe the table that he would have had or performed um, the Lord's Supper at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you say come to the altar, it is like get as close as you can to this That's a great way. Table. Yeah, that's a great right? way of saying yeah, I it. see it as a, a holy place that we commune with God, that we meet God, yeah. which okay. in, from a, a generic way that can be anywhere exactly when the court and when the veil was torn when jesus said it is finished and the the curtain is torn in the temple uh god's dwelling place is no longer confined to one place so literally anywhere can be a holy 
place where we commune with God. Mm-hmm. It can be an altar, um, but traditionally speaking, uh, that space in the sanctuary of a Christian church is what represents that. Gosh, I, I really want to respond to that, but I'm afraid we're not going to get to some of the We're not ever going to get to covenant so. renewal. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> So that is basically what we would like to do um, each week is maybe just pick a word or a phrase that gets thrown around a lot um, in the Christian church um, and just kind of look at it a little bit and maybe explain it and expand upon it. Um, for those of you who, who maybe um, are new to the church or maybe you're, you've been in the church a long time and maybe these words and phrases just haven't been explained to you very well yet. So would love to invite you guys to, to tell us a word or phrase um, and, and communicate with us about what those are. So um, next thing we want to yeah. talk about is what is the importance of covenant renewal and why did we use Wesley's service? The, this last week, Sorry. last Sunday in worship, the, the title was Covenant Renewal, and, and we participated in a covenant renewal service that comes from the 18th century when John Wesley was the leader of the people called Methodists. He came up with this service, and I think it is something that is – really rooted and grounded in scripture and how God relates. Well, and it was such a moving, it was a powerful service this week. Yeah, you know, and, and that's not to say that every week isn't. Every week is God moves right. and it's great, but there was uh, there was something additionally holy that, that felt like was taking place this Sunday. The, the idea of covenant is the idea of relationship. That when God chooses to relate with humanity, He does that through covenant, right? Versus contract, right? Right. That's that, a lot of times people try to think of a covenant as a contract, yeah. but it's not because of the relational aspect of it. A contract. If I were to contract you to come to my house and uh, put new flooring in my yeah. house, that is a relationship that is founded and built on performance. Right. If you come and do what you say you're going to do and you do a good job, then you get the check that I agreed to, to pay. I'm going to pay X amount of money. If you come and you don't do it, if you come and you do a poor job, then that changes because it's a contractual relationship that's built on performance or built around performance, whereas covenant is not built on performance. If it right. were... We'd be in a lot of trouble because we, when you look throughout Scripture and every one of these covenants, we don't we always fail. We don't live up to our end of the covenant. Yeah. And I think that the Lord God knew that. Again, we looked at five major covenants in the Old Testament, uh, and the the unique thing about all these covenant relationships, number one, it's how God chooses to relate to people. This is what I'm going to do. Our response. Live by faith. Well, and it was a it was a common uh, thing that was used in their culture, right? Yeah. Um, and and God took something that was common, took something that everyone would have known what a covenant was. They knew the, the basis of it, and He took that and established a relationship with with us in in a way that they already understood. He was meeting them where they were, and He as He always does. There's a twist. And you you hit on this a little bit, but they would have taken a a big king and a lesser king, and they would have made a covenant, and they would have cut an animal or animals in half, 
and they would have walked through those animals, and the lesser king... And that they would recite what the covenant was. Right, and, yeah. and typically it was the, the, the more powerful king will provide protection, the lesser king will provide... Pay taxes, right. bring food, whatever. And, and uh, the lesser king would always recite those things and say, if, if I don't live up to my end of things, may this happen to me. Right. Um, and, and that's the cool thing that we see in Genesis, where that covenant is being... Uh, consecrated or established between God and Abram is that God causes Abram to fall asleep Mm -hmm. and God passes through the animals and in a sense says, may this happen to me if you, not if I don't live up because God is faithful, but if you don't live up to your end, may this happen to me. And we see that physically happen to Jesus on the cross. Right. That's the cool, like, you know, a lot of times people struggle with, I don't like the old Testament. I don't understand. And and when we have a good, solid understanding of the Old Testament, it brings the New Testament to life. And right. the covenant part of that, well, that's one of those things that having a, a firm understanding of what's taking place with Abram and that covenant and, and seeing then what takes place on the cross with Christ and God taking on more and more mm-hmm. of things just... I get so excited when I think about it. It's so cool. So I think that that kind of covers why a covenant is considered a, a matter of life and death. It, it really does. About. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, Abram, if, if you're not familiar with the story, I believe it's chapter it's chapter 12 or chapter 15. No, it's chapter 15, 15 yep. of Genesis. Cut apart a goat, cut apart a sheep, and goes on down. The birds he didn't cut apart. And and I was reading this in uh, last week, and it says that Abram, you know, these dead bloody animals, you know, vultures and other things are wanting to attack. And he said he was fighting off things to do that and he got so worn out. <laughs> yeah. He goes to sleep, but he wakes up and this fireball goes through this bloody mess of a trail, if you will. And that was God's way of saying, I'm binding myself to you. It was not you bind yourself to me or this is what deserves to happen. That was already the reality. We're born in sin. The wages of sin, death. death. God is binding himself in covenant so that we don't experience death. And the cool thing about the covenants that you laid out, in particular four of them. um, These guys are getting so excited here. Noah's covenant was with one man. Yep. Abram's covenant was with one family. I will bless you and your family. to Make you a great nation. Moses's covenant was with one nation, right? Right, a nation of slaves, and then the new covenant, Jesus, is with all people, yeah. right? Um, and so, in each covenant, it expands. Yeah. God takes on more and more the responsibility, all the way to the cross, where He takes on all of the responsibility of, of it. And so, um, I don't know. I, this is where I start geeking out is on <laughs> Old Testament and covenant stuff. And so, I loved the covenant renewal service. I loved. How sim- how you simplified the, you know, we say, is there five covenants, seven covenants, yeah. eight, but really laid out those five. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's really cool. I think when we have that understanding, it enhances our faith so much more. All, all the covenants, the five that I mentioned, all come after sin enters the world. Yeah. Prior to that, God created the world and the world was good. good. Yeah. The relationship with God was good. When Adam and Eve sin, it breaks that relationship. So covenant now becomes the way that God relates to people. And part of the amazing thing then is by God binding himself and not requiring us to do anything, you know, to me, part of what it says, yeah, God knows our hearts. God knows we're fickle. God knows we're imperfect. And we're going to break our end of the covenant. Yeah. 
but he's always going to be faithful and always welcome back. Therefore, we have to renew right. covenant. Yeah. And the, the scripture that I read Sunday was Joshua, slaves have entered into the promised land. The mm-hmm. slaves that left Egypt are dead. So I guess there's not slaves entering the promised land. They're descendants. descendants and he says, yeah. okay, look, look at all these peoples around us, the people we've been fighting. They have their gods. Some of you are collecting their idols. I don't know if they're souvenirs, but, you know, right. uh, you got to put those away. And you got to choose today who you're going to serve. I, we could also go into after David's death, the period of the kings that, uh, the, I don't remember which king or which story it was. I just always remember they were cleaning out the temple and they found a copy of the book of Deuteronomy. And they're okay. like, oh, oh, what's this? We need to read yeah, this. Yeah. And when they read it, they're like, we we got to take this to the king. We, yeah. we have drifted far from and, this. And when the king hears it, rips his robe yeah. and calls people to renew the covenant. The the thing about the you know uh, the king and a, a vassal was they would have a provision. You got to take this out and reread it so you remember what you're supposed to do. So for me, that's what covenant renewal is. Is it was split up in first confession, which is important mm-hmm. as we come to the Lord's table. We always confess so we're not coming in an unworthy manner. Uh, and I'll be honest, when I read that man, some of that language, I. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I, I say yeah, it with all the faith I have, and I'm not sure it's always enough faith. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing that about covenants, and there's a book, if you're interested in learning more about covenants, it's called Epic of Eden. I wondered when you were going to get to that. Yeah, and it's an incredible book. It, it simplifies things, and the way uh, she presents things in, in it is that we can't have a f- we can't really fully understand the Old Testament without having an understanding of covenant, mm-hmm. yeah. because it's like, think of a closet. And you can just throw all your stuff in the closet and it's a mess. You have to have a closet organizer. Mm-hmm. Put the closet organizer and you can organize things and you can understand and find things. And she uses that analogy in that covenants are the closet organizer of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. That it's through those covenants and when you understand those and that's organized, then everything else in the Old Testament, honestly, as you head into the New Testament, begins to make more sense because you understand those covenants and what God's doing. So I would highly recommend Google, go to Amazon, uh, Epic of Eden. And in fact, as I sit here and think about it, one of the things that I think would be really cool, there's a there's a, a Bible study, short-term Bible study mm-hmm. on the Epic of Eden. Um, I know the youth have gone through it. Stephanie led them yeah. through that. Uh, yeah, a Stephanie few years was ago. big in that book. I've never read it. It's incredible. <gasps> um, so that, that may be one of the things that I look at doing uh, with adult discipleship is uh, having some type of a short-term study on the Epic of Eden here in the That'd next, you know, several months or year uh, that that we do, I'll, I'll start looking at that because that's an incredible book. So when we talk about covenant renewal again, how do we remember this covenant? Uh, as Christians, um, we look back, and the sign of the covenant with Noah was the rainbow. The rainbow sign of the covenant with Abraham circumcision and abraham's response when god said that was well noah had a rainbow yeah (laughs) (laughs) what's what's going on god and and, you know so the covenants have a sign jesus the the covenant that the new covenant he said this is between god and people confirmed by my blood so we see holy communion Mm -hmm. as a a remembrance of the covenant that god has given us um but I would say the sign of the Christian life is baptism. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I like to discuss with people, I'm not really into arguing so much anymore, L- low testosterone in my old age, I guess. I just don't want to fight. Uh, but 
I never could find a good passage of scripture that affirmed recircumcision. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. that that's possible. I, you know, I don't want to know if that's possible. Uh, and so we that's why we, one of the reasons we don't read baptism. Circumcision was a sign. Here's what God has bound himself to. Baptism is a sign. Here's what God binds himself. But when we're remembering the covenant and renewing the covenant, each subsequent generation has to choose that covenant for themselves. Yeah. That's why Joshua says, choose today. Me and my family, we choose the Lord. Choose today. And that's kind of what we do uh, in confirmation. If you were baptized as an infant, great. Sign of God's grace is on you. But now you got to choose. Yeah, but choose. Yeah. yeah, choose. Choose for yourself and not just um, not just accept what your family did before. Or Your, your family yeah. made the vow at the celebration of your baptismal covenant to raise you until you're old enough to decide for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, the first week of confirmation, that's one of the things we tell parents. Uh, this is your child's decision. It's not your decision. You can make them come. You can't make them decide. Right. And I hope you do make them come. <laughs> so what, uh, what is on the, uh, what's on the horizon for us on Sunday mornings? So, what direction are you taking us for the next sermon series? Because we've we spent a year on create. We spent a year on remain. Right. We had our covenant renewal. We don't have a word for this year, which uh, is something DA We came up with a whole Sunday. list of them. Uh, Revive, and, renew, refresh. And I, you know. I have a feeling that some of those words are going to pop up this year in different series, but um, I, I know that you've got some uh, some exciting things over the next few weeks as, as we head to Lent. The right. first Sunday of Lent is February 18th, and I know you've got several things uh, plan. So what, what, what does this next series look like for us? So here, here's what this series is about. When, when we chose to become part of the Global Methodist Church, we are in covenant with other churches. Yeah. Um, and so there's things that we said as a Global Methodist Church, here's what our mission is, and here's how we do that. And so this Sunday will actually be just looking again at a foundational understanding, making disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, and primarily, I intend to look at the namesake of our church, Andrew, yeah. and and his role and what we learned from that. Uh, I've got some notes on him. I actually got that. I'm going to be looking at those. If, if you don't know, that was what we spent midweek on this last semester was the disciples, and we spent one night looking at Peter and Andrew. Right, and so we'll, we'll look at some of that. But the, the mission statement of the Global Methodist Church is making disciples of Jesus Christ, that's this Sunday, who worship passionately, love extravagantly, witness boldly. So that will take us through January and, and what I'm looking at there. I think there's one other Sunday in Lent, and so I want to talk a little bit about the DNA of our church and what does it mean that we are ministers. Mm -hmm. We're making disciples of Jesus Christ who live their lives in this way, uh, and this is part of our understanding of how God makes that happen in our community of faith. Well, Friends, there are some great things going on at St. Andrews. Lots of things to look forward to. Lots yeah. of new things launching. Uh, lots of ways for you in this new year to, to renew and recommit uh, things uh, in, in following Jesus from Methodism 101 class starting up this tomorrow Wednesday. night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, tomorrow night, uh, six thirty in the youth room. Uh, youth programming starts back up tomorrow night at five thirty. Uh, we've got a men's Bible study on Monday mornings, women's Bible study on Monday nights. 
We have Mom's, Mom's Bible, Bible study, study on, Thursdays, on Thursdays at 10, 10 to 1130. Yeah. Okay. And that meets yeah. out in the MTC. Child care provided. Child yep. care provided. Confirmation for our sixth graders and students older than sixth grade who haven't been through it yet starts up February 18th. Registration is now open. You can find that on all of our uh, stuff. Bulletin will have it this week. We'll announce it. Um, kindergarten Bible blessing. Yeah, January 21st, if you have a kindergartner who um, doesn't have a Bible yet, or if they do have a Bible yet or already, and you just want them to have another one because they're cute. And <laughs> yeah, it, and you know, <laughs> you want to bless them with one. Historically, that yeah. was second grade, but yeah. children are learning to read earlier and earlier, and the quicker yeah. we can give them a Bible in their hands. So last year, we made that shift to kindergarten, and, uh, and so that'll be uh, January 21st. Just lots of great things. Midweek starts back up February 7th. I mean, Great, great things going on. We hope that you can join us in person or online, uh, live stream or on demand, all kinds of ways. We worship at 9 o'clock and 1030 on Sunday mornings, and we hope you'll join us. If you have those questions, if you have thoughts, if you have those words and phrases that you don't understand or that you've heard or that you know others don't understand, Send them our way. We want this to, to connect and engage with you. We pray that you have a great week. Any closing thoughts from you guys before I, we send them our way? I would just say uh, after the 1030 service this Sunday, yeah. we will be having a recogni- at the end of both services recognition of Laura Aldridge retired after 25 years. Yeah. There will be a reception after the 1030. Food will be involved. Uh, if you want to give her a blessing, a gift, uh, put it in a card, money tree. Uh, we're going to just give God thanks and thank Laura for her service among yeah, us. Yeah, and I will say there was a moment this Sunday in service where uh, it, I, I, I felt that I missed her. Yeah. Because um, there, there was this moment every Sunday since I've been here, I sit there on the front row with DA. He gets up, makes the announcements, um, and then he steps out as we worship, and then I step up um, uh, uh, for the mission, mission moment. moment, but before I step up for the mission moment, every service out of the corner of my eye, I see Laura come down and sit right next to me because she would lead us in the, prayer. the prayer before you preach. And and this Sunday was the first Sunday where uh, I was sitting there and we were worshiping, and I realized, oh, Laura didn't come sit next I, to me. She's oh, it's retired. My turn again. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, let's let's celebrate yeah. her ministry and and what she has meant to this church and. And uh, it'll be a great day. I know that great things are planned. So we'll see you Sunday morning. Uh, You guys have a great rest of your week. God bless. God bless.